Hello, Go Church family. I'm Lara. I'm here with Pastor Matt Hattabaugh. Hey, everyone. And Gilbert. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Ahlan. We're so glad to be back after an amazing big Sunday. And we're excited to get into our series called The Fasted Life. We're going to look at this over the course of this month in January. And I'm sure that as we build our faith on this subject, on the Word of God concerning this subject, we're going to be able to experience fasting and use fasting to a greater degree in our lives in order to move forward. I'm really excited about that. I mean, today is, yeah, today is week one out of week three for our Jan series. And we're going to focus on what is fasting. Or let me say it this way, just to make it easier. We're going to focus on the meaning. And so let me ask this first question. What does fasting mean? Well, uh, that's a very good question. Laura, what do you think? It's uh, it's not just abstaining from food. That's that's very important. I think that this is this warrants the discussion because the word fasting literally means to close the mouth. We see that fasting in the scripture is deliberately tied to um, abstaining from food, right? And you can see that throughout the throughout the Old Testament, um, particularly in the Old Testament, there's uh, times where uh, the, the Bible uses this term to afflict oneself. And uh, that sounds very Old Testament. <laughs> and the words may be a little complicated. Afflict just means to, uh, to make hard, to, um, to, make, uh, to make hard or to make heavy and then yourself. Um, sometimes people would do it in the Old Testament uh, for mourning or uh, during a time of sadness. But um, Nehemiah and also Daniel, uh, we see that they, they fasted, they abstained from food for a time because of the situation that was around them and what I like about that and what I want to bring into the New Testament is here's, here's something that they did in response to the situation they found themselves in, in order to see change. And they understood that that change first had to start with them. And so what is fasting? Fasting is, is not something dietary, but it is a spiritual act that happens in the natural. I'm quoting Gilbert, so you can correct me if I get this wrong. It's a spiritual act that happens in the natural, but it affects us. Like I'm not, I'm not going to impress God with how much I fast, but I am going to change me in the process of doing it. Yeah. So I like what you're saying there. And I think it, it also circles back to what Laura mentioned, which is it's not you know, it's not only about food. And the fact is we can, so so like Pastor Matt said, fasting is a spiritual exercise which is acted upon in the natural. And if abstaining from food is a spiritual exercise and you're treating it as such, then it is fasting. But it's not only limited to that. And I think that uh, in, in a sense, it can include abstaining from 
or you know not participating deliberately cutting out specific activities specific hobbies specific specific habits that are maybe not even necessarily bad right in the absolute uh i'll give just a random example like watching netflix it's not it's not like okay obviously depending on what you're watching De- definitely depends <laughs> on what you're watching <laughs> you know let's say you're watching a nice documentary about i don't know mountains or something like it's not it's not really harmful but it is something you're doing and it's something you can deliberately choose to not do and replace it with something else yeah i i would say it this way and this is um this is kind of kind of at the at the center or at the beginning of our discussion to define what fasting is um fasting literally means to close your mouth you know we we talk about that from a food perspective but what does food do food ministers to your flesh right if you uh i mean if you go without eating long enough something will happen to your body but not your spirit Mm -hmm. right your spirit doesn't actually get anything out of natural food so we could say that food is something that is ministering to your flesh and there's this, there's a verse in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 20. It says, hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of men are never satisfied. And what you find just, I mean, if you don't have to live very, very long to realize um, the only thing better than having one cupcake is having two. <laughs> the only thing better than having one of Julie's cookies is having 18 of them, <laughs> right? So uh, as a kid, I used to measure cookies by how much milk I had. So if I had a full glass of milk, then I needed a certain number of cookies. I don't remember what the ratio was, but uh, no one no one eats one cookie. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so um, if we said... Uh, if we we take that from Proverbs, the eyes of men are never satisfied. So let's let's look at what is it, like you said, it's not necessarily bad, but what is it that is ministering to our flesh but isn't helping? It's not helping us grow spiritually. And let's say no to something specifically on purpose as a spiritual exercise. What is fasting? Fasting is taking something that ministers to my flesh, like food, but it could be something else, and say no. Now, I said flesh and spirit, but what about the soul? We know that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Well, um, I'm going to mix soul and flesh here a little bit. You, I think last week, Laura, mentioned about social media. And studies have shown that um, scrolling on social media actually affects the brain chemically. And what's interesting is the chemical reaction is similar to that with uh, addictive drugs. It's not exactly the same thing, but it's, it's the same kind of chemicals. And um, saying no to that, for example, saying no to watching silly cat videos on TikTok or um, 
you know, funny dog uh, videos on Instagram means that you are telling yourself, I'm not going to do this. And as long as then you do the other part of fasting, which is prayer, then then you are you're making that spiritual exercise in the natural. Yeah, absolutely. So I would I would liken that to, you know, remodeling your room. First you need to take things out and because you're expecting to put other things in there. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not expecting to just tear down your room and make it non-functional. Obviously that's not what you're trying to do, you know. You're you're definitely trying to remove some old, make space for some new. And that is that is also the essence of of what we're doing in fasting. I, I do wanna I do wanna lay a little little bit of foundation talk about this, which is grace versus works. I know that if you've ever been around uh, at a service and you've heard a call to action, you've heard the gospel, you've heard the good news, which is God wants a relationship with you, and God did everything necessary to have that relationship with you, you don't need to do anything on your part, but receive what he's done for you. That is the essence of grace, the yeah. grace of God. And, and they're saved by grace. That's right. We're yeah, so actually Ephesians fasting. chapter two, verses eight and nine says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So obviously you see here that there is a, 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 a an opposite between grace and works. Mm-hmm. And as believers, we need to stay away from a works-based mentality like it's the plague. I mean, not to say that the Lord doesn't want us to do good things, do good works, but that our works do not define who he is to us, right. who we are to him. Rather... Uh, it's the other way around because he has created us. This is verse 10 of chapter two. Yeah. He's created us for good works in his grace. That's right. And so fasting is a good work and it should mark our life, but it is not something that I'm doing to earn something from God. It's me doing something to me. That's good. That's really good. And so I, I I put this note down and I think it's quite funny, but it's important that we, you know, if it's if it's clear, it's clear. I, I said that fasting is not a hunger strike. Right. I mean, we don't we don't fast to get God's attention. You know, in fact, it's not like any of our actions are going to move God. I mean, these things are not what moved him. His love for us before we knew him, when we were still sinners already moved him to do everything that he was ever going to do for us. And there is nothing more that he could possibly do for us that is not already found in the gift that he freely gave us in Jesus Christ. But basically, like Pastor Matt said, we do not get God to move based on our works, but we are allowing ourselves to be molded into the image of God. And what, you know, we just talked about last week about, you know, bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness profits much, profits a lot more. And the fact is that 
we are using our fasting or our, our actions in fasting to allow ourselves to be molded into that image. So Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, I'm just pulling that up. It says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Yeah. I really, I, I, I see so much in verse 12. And what I really like here is he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's, it's just literally means allow the salvation that God put in you to work outwards, yeah. to allow it to work outside of you. And, and you realize that you're supposed to take the action. Yeah, so there's a work. But yeah. it's it's not uh, it's not to get something. It's as a result of what I have received. Yeah, because I have received something, now I have a work to do. Yeah, yeah. So I'll go back to that that line that we just said. Fasting is a spiritual exercise, which is acted upon in the natural. So any action that we take that we call fasting has a spiritual root or has a spiritual motive and ultimately the motive is to say no to certain natural things to allow the spiritual things to get into place yeah and and i'm on purpose making uh fasting here pretty broad you know we mentioned social media we talked about different things we'll talk a little bit more but Here's a here's an easy way to know if you're fasting. Uh, are you hungry? And uh, so, if like you stopped watching uh, Netflix documentaries, I'm I'm going to stop watching Netflix documentaries. But you actually never watch Netflix documentaries. That's that's like not your thing. You don't enjoy watching documentaries about mountains. Then. That's not fasting, right? But if you say, I'm not going to have anything that has sugar in it for the next week, the next day, your body will let you know you're definitely fasting. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it, yeah. I uh, When I just got out of Bible school, or no, sorry, I just got out of the, the first year of Bible school. I was uh, in between my first and second year at Rhema. Um, I felt like the Lord led me to fast. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this. And before I could say, I'm going to just fast for this, I just had this on the inside. The Lord told me not to drink milk for a week. I say, the Lord told me. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I just had that on the inside of me. I said, okay, I'm going to not drink milk for a week. I, you know, this was a long, long time ago, but I used to drink milk all the time. And uh, so, okay, I'm not going to drink milk for a week. I have never in my life wanted milk so bad. It was crazy. <laughs> like, like, 
I imagine this is what it would feel like to be in the desert, just parched, you know, water never tasted so poor to me. I just, I, like, I couldn't, I couldn't get satisfied. What, what is that? That's my flesh. Yeah. That, that did not like being told no. So fasting is not a hunger strike, but it is also uh, telling yourself no to something that your flesh wants. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, I like in, in Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 24, Paul says we should crucify the flesh. Yes. That's hard language. I mean, it's not easy language. It's deliberately, uh, he deliberately uses that that word crucify. And it is, in the first century, that's the most horrific way to be executed. You know, this is, that, that's top of the list. Because crucifixion does not result in immediate death. It's not the same thing as like beheading. You know, a lot of people would say, well, I would die for Christ. Right? Great. That's that's noble. But how about living for him? And yeah. crucifying means being nailed to a cross and then not being able to breathe for hours and hours until you die of exhaustion. That's how people died when they were crucified. And um, when Jesus was crucified, no one believed that he could already be dead because he, he hadn't been on the cross that long. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the term crucify the flesh is deliberately brutal. We should be very, very hard on ourselves, not on each other, but your flesh will do just about anything you let it. Yeah. So tell me more about those desserts. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked about ice cream this this on this podcast yet. I'm sure we will, by the way. Before the end of this month, Pastor Matt is going to say something about gelato. Yes. <laughs> but but this this is so so real though that you know we fast in order to quiet our flesh and quiet our soul. And I can tell you, I mean, for me personally, quieting my soul is a lot more challenging than quieting my flesh. I'm not going to say that, you know, a one is unnecessary and one is important, but I, I do realize that sometimes the most challenging things for me are telling my emotions no so that I can focus on what my spirit is trying to get me to focus, stay focused on. And I mean, obviously, you know, crucifying the flesh is super important, but also there is, there is a point where, you know, we fast in order to refocus what our, um, emotions have been give, been giving so much attention to, or what our minds have been giving so much attention to. And I, I remember like, you know, I told myself over one weekend, I would cut out um, watching some TV shows and stuff like that. And when I took that decision, like I can't begin to explain how difficult it felt to not want to just turn Netflix on if like watch a TV show. And I, I'm not even a TV show guy. Like this is not... People are going to think that you just watch TV all the time. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I, I don't. I mean, I'm the guy who probably can't watch something for more than 20 minutes on end without just getting up and saying, I'm a little, little bored now, a little fidgety but but the, the reality is that there was 
you know, after a while, like maybe a day and a half later when it's like, you know, my, my mind is over saying, oh, you should just sit and do nothing and just watch this. I've, I've filled it with deliberately and vocally praising God. I know that sounds a little, you know, hyper spiritual. That sounds like me, you know, saying, you know, this that is this sounds how awesome. I, yeah. <laughs> but, but the reality is at some point it took my emotions from somewhere just very neutral and very, uh, passive to somewhere where I was genuinely excited. Like I spent time with the Lord a day and a half later, I'm just like, praise God, praise God. Then all of a sudden I'm like, praise God. I'm like, wow. Like now I'm, now I'm excited all of a sudden. And you know, at some point the, the emotions switched off from the habit that was just taking so much of my time and it switched on towards the Lord. And it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing when you do that. Well, I would take that a step further and say, if, uh, if all you're doing is the, is the negation, all you're doing is saying, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to watch this. That's behavior modification. Yeah. The spiritual aspect is when you, when you do the, the thing that you just said, you fill the gap with prayer, with praise, with, um, spending time with the Lord, pressing into him. Otherwise, it's really just dieting. Yep. Can we say replacing what we were doing yeah. with prayer? Absolutely. Meditating on the word. I'm just so thankful, first of all, that I don't have to do anything to make God to do something for me. Yeah. So my question is... Um, Fasting puts me in what position exactly? Like you're, I'm positioning myself when I fast to receive, to quiet down the flesh and receive more. Can we say that? Yeah, I would. Uh, I, I was thinking about this. Um, this, you know, recently Julie and I traveled, and if if you've ever spent time flying places, spent time in airports, it means you spent time standing in line. And uh, one time, uh, Julie and I were flying, I had, we were flying through Paris, and our flight was delayed. So we had to go stand in line. And it's us and a bunch of other people who, their flights were also delayed. And there was this, um, there was this young family, and they had um, two small children, one probably three years old, one was, you know, a year old, four, three or four years old. And um, they were not having fun. I wasn't having fun. Actually, I felt like those little kids. Um, they let everyone know they were not having fun. They were yelling. They were, if they weren't yelling, they were running around. And their parents were, you know, Please stop, be quiet, no. And it occurred to me that while I understood the situation, and like I said, I felt just like those little kids did, it was a little too late to change the way those kids behaved right then. Because some of what we were all seeing, we in that line were all seeing, is 
how those kids act all the time. Mm. And uh, I would say fasting is a lot like that. In problem situations, in pressure situations, your flesh uh, will act the way you let it act most of the time. And so it's good to take the opportunity now at the, at the first of the year to start putting our flesh under and get your get our bodies, get our flesh, get our souls used to being told, no, no, you're not going to act like that. No, you're not going to have that opinion. No, you're not going to share that opinion. <laughs> uh, because invariably there will be pressure situations. And before we arrive at those pressure situations, we can actually train ourselves in times deliberately to make ourselves spirit dominant. Yeah. That's so good. I find it so um, so important to, to see that fasting is done with the expectation of an outcome. Yeah. The expectation of like, my flesh or my soul being quiet, quieted so that something else or more specifically someone else can have a bigger voice in my life. And I want to read this, this scripture in, in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through to 17. So John says this, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. And up until yesterday, literally, I, I, I never saw this in connection to fasting. But the, the truth is, the reality is that our flesh, and to some degree our soul, for the most part, our soul is located on earth, in the earth. And the word of God commands us not to love the world nor the things in the world. And fasting helps us disconnect from the world and the things in the world or disconnect parts of our being because we are a spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. So disconnecting the body disconnecting the soul from the world and the things of the world creates a more room for the things of God because there there is a there's a, there's a direct um you know we only have x amount of focus and if most of the focus or all of the focus is going towards the world or the things of the world by default we are not able to focus on the father that's exactly right we're not able to focus on God and the things of God and so I would I would encourage or I would I would invite this perspective, which is when we fast, it's because we recognize a need for a change or a need for a growth or a need for a refocusing in our lives. And that is actually the key scripture. We talked about the the uh, uh, the and the church of Antioch, the leaders in the church of Antioch, the, they got together and ministered to the Lord and they fasted and they prayed. And there was something that came out of it. The fact is, 
they went in there expecting to hear from the Lord, expecting to hear a next step or what is going to happen or what needs to happen or what the Lord is trying to do in the church or what the Lord is trying to do through them as individuals. And they got an answer. And that in, I mean, ultimately that answer changed the world. I mean, <laughs> that answer allowed Paul to come into the position that he came into and to keep walking with the Lord and to keep focused on the Lord when surely there were tons of distractions in his life. I mean, you, you would talk about relationships that, you know, he would have missed or he would have lost. You're talking about things that he must have said no to. You're talking about um, th people that he may not have wanted to have relationships with that he would end up, you know, these are God-ordained relationships, going to places that he may not have wanted to go to, leaving his house, leaving his comfort, leaving the known things, going into places where there's hostility. And the fact is, step by step by step by step, he had to say no to his flesh, no to his emotions, and yes to the Lord. And so it wasn't just a one-time prayer and fasting, but after that one-time prayer and fasting, there was a fasted life yeah. that he lived. That's exactly right. That's very well said. And why are we doing... Why are we doing this series, Fasted Life? Why are we focusing on that? Everyone that accepts Jesus, everyone that enters into a life of following Jesus can, you know, agree, yes, I need to pray. Yes, I need to put the Word of God into practice. And then that word, but, comes to the surface. But I have trouble focusing. But I have never been good at reading. But I uh, I just can't seem to find time in my day because I'm so busy uh, to, to actually pray. All of those very common excuses can be easily answered with fasting. I, I like, I, I've been in <laughs> positions where I've seen Pastor Matt have conversations with people who have said things like that. And he looks at them and he's like, easy, change. <laughs> that's true though. But the, it, I, when I say it can be easily addressed, um, whatever excuse we want to give to practicing God's word, the answer is very simple. Just change. And uh, well, I can't change. Yeah, you can. And one way you can practice changing is by attacking something that your flesh really likes for a couple of weeks in January. Do it, we can do it all together as a family in the church and just say, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So I want to read... Actually, I want to refer to the Bible illustration that we're going to talk about in week one, so this week of Grow Groups. Uh, remember, today we're talking about the meaning of fasting. And so we want to look at this passage of Scripture. So actually, I'm, I'm referring to the... Uh, it's quite a famous passage of Scripture in, in, in the Gospels, the Gospels of Matthew, the Gospel of Luke. And 
uh, it's about the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness where the Holy Spirit led him out and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and the devil just tempted him. Uh, and so let me let me read uh, verses 1 through to 3. And you know that Jesus wasn't fasting social media in this case because it says he was hungry. Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> hungry for scrolling? No. <laughs> so, so Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. And you can also find this in Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you were the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. I'm going to keep reading in verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I'm going to stop reading here, but there are two more exchanges between the devil and Jesus. And there's a similar response that Jesus gives to the devil in those two uh, those two exchanges. But uh, I, I want to go back and, and and look at this in verses 1 and 2. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now there's so much there and there's so much we could talk about. But really we want to talk about this from or in the context of fasting, you know, what does fasting mean? You know, what does fasting look like in this case? It's pretty obvious, but also why was Jesus led to fast? You know, was, was this fast spiritually motivated and how did Jesus respond to the temptation? And is the way that Jesus responded connected to the fact that he was fasting? Um, I mean, from my from my perspective, and I'm not going to say very much because it's more fun to have a discussion in the grow groups, but I, I like to see that Jesus was so focused on the spiritual that he was only hungry 40 days later. So it says after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, then he became hungry. Like you see that he was so engrossed in the spiritual things that were happening and at the end, the devil was trying to tempt Jesus in the natural, like from the outside. So, you know, I bet you're hungry, you know, hey, look at all this. You can have all this. Hey, you should jump off here because you are somebody and God's going to do something for you because you are amazing. And and these are like outward temptations. But the fact is, Jesus was not focused on the outward, on the natural. He was focused on the spiritual and the fasting I, I truly believe, I truly see that the fasting or the period of fasting helped him cut out the natural and be deliberate in that period, in that moment about cutting out the natural to focus on the spiritual. So although fasting is hard on your flesh, or in this case, it must have been hard because you know he was hungry, it made it so much easier to resist the devil in that moment of temptation. I know that we're going to talk about this a lot more, uh, so I'm going to leave that right there. It's going to be a great discussion. And It'll be a great discussion. And and, and, and I want to, yeah. It's it's also important to point out here that uh, 
uh, Jesus, the sinless Lamb of God, the uh, the incarnate Word of God, did not exempt himself from fasting. Yeah, now that's true. Later, uh, the Pharisees, who had a practice of fasting twice a week, came and accused Jesus and the disciples of not fasting regularly, and and, and Jesus uh, turned it around to relationship. But um, this this is an, an important point here. Jesus didn't exempt himself from fasting. There's actually several instances throughout the New Testament, throughout the gospel accounts where we see Jesus fasting. This is just uh, the first one. Um, if Jesus wasn't exempt from fasting, me and you aren't either. Yeah, that's right. But then also, um, I, I knew, uh, I, I believe they're still alive, but uh, I knew this person and they made a decision that they were going to fast for 40 days and 40 nights, and they wound up in the hospital. Um, so the, a key to this is Jesus was led to do this. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the uh, don't focus on the 40 days part. That has been, uh, that's been built into a religious event, and that's the opposite of what we want to talk about. We want to talk about this becoming a lifestyle, a, yeah. a lifestyle that's related to our relationship. But um, the, I'll just say, I'll just uh, close that off there. That this is, Jesus wasn't exempt from fasting, so me neither. Yeah. Uh, so in closing today, I do want to read one more verse, which is in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So I'm focusing on this word here. Let us lay aside every weight. Obviously, fasting is not let us lay aside every sin. Because like Pastor Matt said, you know, we don't fast off sins. We just stop doing them. You don't want to be doing those things. You know, uh, it's not like, oh, in January, I'm not going to lie or, you know, whatever that looks like. I'm not going to go further and give you guys ideas. But, <laughs> right. but, but the fact is, you know, living a godly character is one thing. But laying aside every weight and weights don't necessarily mean they're bad things or these are things that you know, are bad in the absolute, but they are bad for me right now because they are taking me away from my full ability to run this race with endurance. They're weighing me down. They're holding me back. They're limiting me and they're affecting my ability to move forward. So it is important that we see fasting in that light, that we are laying aside every weight which is preventing us from going forward. If you made it this far today and no one has told you, we're not just praying for you, but we're actually praying and fasting for you because we love you and we want to see God's richest and best for you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this message. We want everyone to experience the unconditional love of God, grow in His love, and go with His love to the rest of their world. We invite you to connect with us at one of our groups or our next gathering. And if no one told you yet today, we love you and believe God's very best for you.